it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. My name is Sean, and I'm your host. Tonight, I'm flying solo, as schedules have not allowed us to align up with a co-host or a roundtable. We hope to get back to that format very soon, and thank you for joining us in this episode. There's a lot to get to this week, including some huge information and news from Smash Wrestling regarding their championship. Also a preview of the Dresden show this Saturday. And then I'll take the scumbag spotlight and shine on Kevin Bennett. From there, we'll take a look at the CM Punk and Colt Cabana trial for defamation, plus CM Punk's UFC 225 match. We'll follow that up with some information and news on Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, and the Young Bucks. And if that wasn't enough, I have my predictions for this weekend's NXT TakeOver in Chicago, plus Money in the Bank. It's a full week, so sit back and enjoy. I'll be right back. Hey, scumbags, it's almost time. On June 16th, we're hitting the road and heading down to Dresden, Ontario. Who's getting smashed? We have our very own Scumbags of Wrestling section with 20 VIP seats, and there's just a few left. We're going to go down and support the Junior Kings with a great uh, evening of action at the Dresden Arena. Already signed for this card is Super K versus Ricky James. In intergender action, Kevin Bennett takes on Jody Threat. In a hard-hitting, high-flying match, we're going to see Tarek take on Daniel Garcia. The tag team titles will be on the line as well. Oil Machine defends against Killscreen, the team of Scotty O'Shea and Kevin Blackwood. In triple threat match action, we'll see Aiden Prince take on Brent Banks and Tyson Dukes. And in the main event, Cody Deaner faces Sebastian Suave. Doors open at 5 p.m., bell time at 6. Tickets are just $15 in advance, or you can join the Scumbag VIP section for just $20. 
Get as close to the ring action as possible when Smash Wrestling makes history in Dresden, Ontario. Get your tickets now from the Justin Kings Executive or from 99.1 FM CKXS, your music variety. If you would like to join our section, you can always uh, email me at scumbags at, of wrestling at gmail.com or send me a message on Twitter at Scumbags Canada. Hope to see you there. We'll start off our show this week with breaking news out of Smash Wrestling. The championship is now vacant. A news release on Monday came down from the Smash offices stating, Smash Wrestling Management and the Beast King, FTM, have come to a mutual agreement to part ways and for FTM to relinquish the Smash Wrestling Championship due to circumstances ongoing in FTM's personal life. An update regarding the vacated championship will be made in the upcoming weeks. So now the championship is vacant. There's a lot of options to choose from of who could uh, fill those shoes as Tyson Dukes had the belt for quite a long time and lost it to Frankie TM. He should definitely be considered a number one contender, especially after winning the Northern Tournament. But who else should uh, be considered for the championship? You can send me a message at our Facebook page or uh, tweet me at Scumbags Canada. And I'll include your answers in our special episode later on this weekend. For myself, I'd love to see Brent Banks uh, get it, as we've been chanting for years now that he is the future champ. He's not quite on the four pillars, but he's right there in contention for the title every week and puts on spectacular matches. Another scenario that I also suggested on the Facebook page when it was put out there that the title was vacant was possibly seeing somebody like a Daniel Garcia or Kevin Blackwood step up. For their size, you don't expect them to be a champion, but they have the heart and determination to capture the gold and surprise everybody. Their matches are always hard-hitting, fast-paced, and you never know if they're going to win or lose. And to build them up, especially in their in their own uh, rookie freshman year, would be quite an accomplishment for either one of those two gentlemen to do. So those are my top three picks, but there's so many others to choose from, whether it goes back to Tyson Dukes or somebody new getting the title, like a John Greed, Sebastian Suave, Pepper Parks, Mike Rollins, Tarek, or our own hometown guy, Cody Diener. So send me your ideas, and we'll discuss it next time. But before a new champ can be grown, the scumbags are hitting the road and going down to Dresden, Ontario, this Saturday evening as Smash makes their debut in support of the Dresden Junior Kings. The Scumbags have our very own Scumbag VIP section for this event, and we'd love for you to join us. We have rows one and two, and you get your own chance to have a picture taken inside the Smash Wrestling ring. And to do that, just answer this simple question. 
How many days did Johnny Gargano hold the Smash Championship? Send me a message on our Facebook page, and the first uh, correct answer will receive the pair of tickets. From top to bottom, this looks like it's going to be a great card, and you won't want to miss out. Local guys Super K and Ricky James face off against each other. And due to circumstances that happened at the Northern Tournament, Killscreen will no longer be taking on well oil machines for the tag titles. Instead, Tarek will now face Scotty O'Shea, and Daniel Garcia will team with Kevin Blackwood to face the well oil machines for the tag team titles. There's an intergender uh, match involving the remix Kevin Bennett as he faces Jody Threat. And a triple threat match featuring Aiden Prince, Brent Banks, and Tyson Dukes. The main event for the evening has Cody Diener going one-on-one with Sebastian Suave. Just like two weeks ago with the Northern Tournament, on my drive down to Dresden, I'm going to do some live predictions and talk about the goings-on in Smash Wrestling. We'll also be doing an interview with producer Alan Taylor to be included with a special event uh, podcast this weekend. And now for our Scumbag Spotlight. This week, the remix, Kevin Bennett. The person if they don't understand or everybody has a story like the books in their hand it's always started with a virgin heart and time can only tell until it's ripped apart you try to make it work so you working hard and you wonder if you fit the part maybe i was second string from the start i got chapters on chapters none of them happen to be happily ever after every single question i wonder what was the answer tell me if i don't have her i'm gonna be with her forever i'll never find a better no she got a tiger like her name is kylie jenner so if she want to fight it's a pleasure really can't stand you so i just want to that right there is Kevin Bennett. He's an American rapper, songwriter, producer, and professional wrestler. He works regularly on the independent circuit for New York promotions and Ontario. Bennett is currently working for Empire State Wrestling and Smash Wrestling. He's from Buffalo, New York, and has been wrestling since October of 2011. Most people recognize him for being part of the Kevin Bennett experience with Tank and Muscle. I have him right there with uh, Brent Banks when it comes to who has potential to be a main eventer. And he's right there just needing that turn right around the corner. And you never know after uh, departures for uh, Tank and Muscle. That might be what he needs to move forward and not have the distractions of those two guys. You can normally see him training with uh, Pepper Parks, Kevin Blackwood, Daniel Garcia, and many more in the Buffalo area. I think he has still a ton of potential and... Most of you would have seen him just recently on SmackDown taking on Andreas San Almas in his second televised match. 
Definitely look forward to seeing what Kevin has in store for the future. And this is your scumbag spotlight, Kevin Bennett. Before I wrap up my coverage of Smash Wrestling for this week, I'd like to uh, give my own personal shout-out to The Muscle. As mentioned before, Kevin Bennett recently fired Muscle. I believe that was on the April 29th show here in London, where he felt that he was no longer needed and was more of an anchor than a muscle. Since then, Muscle has been trying to find his own place in Smash Wrestling. During the Northern Tournament, Muscle even offered his card for services to Joe Hendry after Hendry beat Kevin Bennett in the first round of the tournament. Since his firing, he's uh, the Muscle has also tried to join Scott Hunter on The Hangover, which follows Smash on Fight Network live on Facebook. I certainly hope he's not trying to fashion his uh, future as a broadcast journalist like Bobby the Brain Heenan, because at the moment it's not doing so good for him, as his top three questions that he prepares for The Hangover, one of them includes, what is your favorite animal cracker? He even had a fight with animal crackers. With the bull coming out on top. Of course, it just was great coincidence when he asked the question of, do you like animal crackers? I was already typing the quote from Billy Madison, where we are much dumber for have listened to you 
I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. After that, we started bantering back and forth, all in good fun, and even uh, acknowledged each other at the Northern Tournament. And if that's not enough, Phil, for you with the muscle, you can now join Muscle and Brad Meyer on Muscle Twitch, on the Twitch app. They do their own uh, podcast on Wednesdays, which at the six-minute mark of the first episode, somebody actually did ask Muscle about his favorite animal cracker, and he thought I was dumb enough to have asked it, and even asked if Bates was the one who sent that in. I wasn't Muscle, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to eventually do it myself. Thank you for the shout-out, and all the best for your uh, future with your broadcast journalism, whether it's with Brad on Muscle Twitch or with Scott on The Hangover. I definitely do encourage our listeners to check it out. And that concludes our report on Smash Wrestling and everything going on. It was brought to you by our friends over at Rockin' Con, who would love to thank you for being a part of last weekend's event, featuring Lita Ford, D. Schneider, Peter Chris, Danko Jones, and many more. Look forward to more events from this group when London Comic Con comes to you next October. Are you looking to get your own Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt or the Scumbags Podcast t-shirt? Well, look no further than our friends over at Twisted Tees at TwistedTeesMerch.com. Since their company launched in 2006, they've become one of the top screen printers known for their large, colorful, high-detailed prints. Their theory behind what they decide to print is simple. It's about keeping it real and taking you back to your early years, browsing through endless movies at your local video store, only to be sucked in by the very intriguing cover art. Even if the movie itself wasn't so great, it's that original cover that will always remain locked inside your head. Over the years, they've become even more creative with introducing limited edition designs. With the amazing feedback they receive from their Warriors and Zombies hoodies, as well as their button-up work shirts, they will bring you even more one-of-a-kind designs. All of their products are screen-printed and embroidered directly in their shop. They don't use any outside sources to produce their goods, nor do they use cheap iron-ons. They guarantee heads will turn when you wear Twisted Tees to your next outing. Twisted Tees also provides printing for Kill Effect, Shockstock, Monsters of Schlock, Shadow uh, Windbrook, and Vagrancy Films. So look out for Twisted Tees online. Once again, at TwistedTeesMerch.com and get your own Scumbags of Wrestling t-shirt for just $25. And now for some news from around the wrestling world. First off, CM Punk and Colt Cabana were found not guilty in Chicago court by a jury. WWE doctor Chris Amann 
was suing for defamation after Punk went on Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast after he finally broke his silence on why he left the WWE in 2014. Punk claimed that the doctor misdiagnosed an infection on his left uh, butt cheek. This all was disclosed during the trial. The jury heard the whole podcast and got to make their decision on what was said in testimony from all three parties. The doctor was suing Cabana, trying to get a dollar for every download, plus damages that would result in almost $400 million in reward. The doctor could not uh, prove any financial loss or job loss, and the jury ruled in favor of Punk and Cabana. This probably came about due to how extreme the amount was that the doctor was asking for, since he couldn't prove any uh, loss of money or even a job. How do you really award somebody $4 million? And thankfully, it didn't uh, come the other way, and they were found guilty, because that would definitely change the uh, landscape of podcasts as we know it. Everybody would be afraid to say anything bad about someone else, and it wouldn't just be in the wrestling world. It'd be every podcast ever said, and somebody would be offended and automatically sue for defamation. So thankfully, the jury found that not guilty and was able to allow Punk and Cabana go free. Well, on topic of CM Punk, the trial took place at the same time as he was supposed to be training and doing weight cuts for UFC 225. This past Saturday, he stepped into the octagon and faced Mike Jackson. It might have gone three rounds and went to a decision. However, he took a lot of damage to his face and it could have ended in the second round. CM Punk was promptly taken to the hospital for evaluations. In a post-event press conference, Dana White talked about the event. It sounds a lot like Mike Jackson will not be in UFC again, and neither should CM Punk. With an 0-2 record, he's at least lived his dream and was given credit by Dana White for doing as such, but he feels that the Octagon is definitely not a place for CM Punk to be. So now the ball is definitely in CM Punk's court as to what his future will bring. Will he continue with his MMA career and seek another fight in maybe a Bellator ring? Or will he do what he does best and return to wrestling? While he's currently said that he will not be appearing at the all-in event in Chicago on September 1st, he will be in the area, since it is his hometown, and taking part in StarCast at the Pro Wrestling Tees booth and doing his own special show and signing during that weekend. While an appearance at all-in could be an interesting concept, what exactly could he offer to the show to make it even bigger and better? Does he face Kenny Omega? I don't know. I think he might just be too big of a star even to do the traditional NXT, I'm in the audience wave. But September is still a few months away, and we'll see what uh, comes of it. 
But for now, all we know for sure is that he won't be uh, welcome in a UFC ring by Dana White. New Japan Pro Wrestling presented Dominion this past weekend. Highlights for us in North America would include the Young Bucks winning the IWGP Tag Team Championships, Chris Jericho winning the Intercontinental Championship, and Kenny Omega won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. The Young Bucks, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, are now called the Golden Elite. WWE had them together against the New Day this past uh, Thursday when they uh, met in California for the E3 convention in a Street Fighter V video game battle. It was a best of five uh, series with the losing team having to eat extremely hot peppers. All six men were equally competitive on the microphone as they were while playing the video games. With quotes like, Take your time, Creed. You gotta properly wait for the WD to write your next promo from Omega. With Woods responding with a shot back about stating that Omega isn't used to crowds this size as they are always in front of crowds in bingo halls. In the end, the fifth and final match came down to Omega versus Xavier Woods, with Omega coming out on top yet again. This meant that the New Day needed to eat the hot peppers, but Woods felt that he brought Big E and Kofi into this, and he was the one who lost, so he decided he was going to eat the three hot peppers himself and take it for the team. Nobody could believe it when Woods got down two just barely, mind you, but he got down two hot peppers and Omega didn't want to be shown up as the crowd started cheering for the New Day and Xavier Woods. So he decided to eat his own hot pepper. He barely got through his one before they decided to call it all off and admit that they're all just friends and wanting to make sure that everybody was entertained and that maybe eventually the world will become one, not just two companies against each other in this case. You never know. It might not happen during Vince McMahon's time leading WWE, but as they've been more open to acknowledging other companies, anything's possible. I feel Triple H is definitely a spearhead in this. Jesus. He's doing... Do one more. You gotta eat. And so since since we both did two, we're both just doing two. <laughs> Yo, his lips are burning. My whole Dude. face is numb. You can so red right now. Yo, pass him the milk. Listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. I feel like I'm gonna die. <laughs> We're here on this stage doing this because we love Street Fighter. All right, all right, all right. I see you. Salute. I ate two peppers. 
He ate one. In total, we ate three. <laughs> so that's it. Kenny, Bucks, this day, I'm going to cry not because I'm emotional, but because if I don't, then everything in my body is going to come out of my face. <laughs> yes, everything, Steve. This day is what we have been working for together for the past three years. Salute. I respect that. So we want to say that we appreciate every single person. You can do it, man. You can do it. You can do it. You got this, Creed. Anybody who's ever watched a dumb video that we've made. Anybody who's ever picked up a controller. Anybody who's ever picked up a stick. Because they love the fighting game community. <laughs> Say it with your whore. <laughs> I'm crying and dying. Don't do it. Oh my god. You're gonna make me cry, Austin. Four years ago, I reached out to him on Twitter. I slid in his DMs. <laughs> I said, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, hey, I know you like fighting games, you like video games. I do too. We both wrestle. We're from two different worlds, these two groups. Hopefully we see a day where it all comes together exactly how everybody wants it to. Today, with step one. So go tell your friends that didn't watch this that they need to watch it. Go tell your friends that aren't talking about this that they need to talk about it. Because what happened today is because of these three men right here. The elite. All right. Okay. Paying homage. I respect it. I respect it. You know, it's true. Oh my God. I ran out of water and I can't do stuff like this. Ah. <laughs> I need some milk. Oh my god! Oh, thank you. It's li it, it literally is milk. <laughs> years and years and years ago, two men set on a path. A path to change not only the wrestling world, but the world of video games as well. We felt that, yes, these two worlds should come together. They should unite. We shouldn't be against each other. We should all work together towards one common goal. Somehow, because of the powers that be, because of you people that wanted to see it happen, this, this video game competition has happened between people from two completely different companies. Amen. Amen. Bravo. Bravo. In a literal sense, it truly is a new day. And I have a catchphrase, which has changed the world. And that's exactly what people like New Day are doing. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here. Guess what, everyone? Newsflash. We don't hate each other. In fact, what we want to do is work together to give you guys the best entertainment package you have ever seen. Amen. I'm all about entertainment, baby. 
as far as I'm concerned, step one was a gigantic success. This feud, as of today, is over. However, at some point in time, Creed, I hope I run into you again. And even though, yes, I respect you, even though, yes, I may in fact respect all of you, I may even uh, love you. I'm, it's gonna come out the other end soon, you gotta wrap it up. Let's wrap it up, guys. Thank you all for coming out here for the New Day, for the Elite. I'd like to bid you all adieu. Thank you, everyone. So that's a big goodbye and good night. Bang! With Chris Jericho winning the Intercontinental title at New Japan's Dominion, it made him a 10-time Intercontinental Champion, nine times with WWE, and one time with New Japan. It also means he'll have more dates with New Japan in the coming months. However, he said he will not uh, do New Japan shows in the United States, as he's already said no to the Cow Palace show, and will not take part in the All-In event with Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks this September in Chicago. Jericho still has loyalty to Vince McMahon and the WD and has said that he will not uh, work for any company in North America unless it is the WWE. Jericho also stated that he doesn't want to lower his value by doing indie shows. I think it's quite amazing that at this stage of his life that he's been able to accomplish so much and have so much control over what he does and doesn't do. There's probably a ton of superstars out there that wish they had the same ability. However, Chris Jericho has been able to prove that he can evolve with the times and compete anywhere at a high level, even as he progresses in age. This summer, Chris is also hosting his very own Jericho Cruise, where he will be playing with his band Fozzie, plus having a lot of wrestling uh, entertainment going on, including stars from Ring of Honor and Impact. While some will question his intentions of not competing against Vince McMahon or wrestling for any company on North America, this probably doesn't count since on a cruise you're in international waters. Should be a fun cruise, and if you have a chance to check it out, do so. We hope to uh, find out what all happened on it and cover it. All the best for Chris Jericho and the success of this cruise and his future with New Japan and possibly coming back to WWE. In other WWE news, Ronda Rousey was just recently announced as the first woman to be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Quite interesting timing, considering she's now going to be challenging this weekend for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Could it be possible that she takes the belt and shows up at the induction ceremony, showing off the gold? Only time will tell. Earlier we spoke about CM Punk. Well, just this week, Brock Lesnar surpassed CM Punk's 434-day title reign and has now gotten up to almost 440 by the this weekend. He still isn't defending the title and won't be probably until SummerSlam. 
So he'll be quite close to almost 460. I guess it was only uh, inevitable when Roman Reigns didn't win the title from Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania that that was the next goal since Brock was staying, is to take down CM Punk's record. Apparently, WWE isn't too happy with Ring of Honor at the moment, because there's speculation that Ring of Honor will be going to MSG in New York very soon, and possibly AAA booking an event at MSG in New York. I guess it only serves possible since it's become very abandoned by the WWE, with them using the Barclays for SummerSlam a lot lately, and next year are going to be in New Jersey for WrestleMania yet again. They only seem to be using MSG for house shows. Important house shows, mind you, but just house shows instead of the TV. Might have to do with the amount that MSG charges WWE to run a show. And unlike last year, where we got to see the United Kingdom uh, tournament from WWE in two days, it looks like they're taping all the matches during the Download Festival and other events throughout the United Kingdom. The winner of the tournament gets to face current United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne in the tournament finals which I believe is supposed to be aired as a network special on WWE Network. The authors of Pain haven't been seen on Raw since the WWE shakeup just after WrestleMania. In their debut, they dumped longtime manager Paul Ellering. Since then, they made an appearance on Main Event, but haven't been seen since. Triple H stated in the NXT conference call this week that they thought of taking Ellering away from the team, was not his idea. He is currently looking for another role for Paul to do in NXT. Speaking of missing tag teams, Sanity has also been missing since they had their vignettes playing on SmackDown, saying that they were coming soon. Speculation was that there was going to be a Money in the Bank uh, tag team match this year, making three Money in the Bank ladder matches, one for the men, one for the women, and one for the tag teams. Brian Alvarez from Figure 4 Online stated that there was serious plans to do a tag team Money in the Bank. There was a lot of time in between Backlash and Money in the Bank to set it up. Somewhere while getting the men and women matches uh, set, they dropped the ball and got forgot all about the tag teams. This is why probably we haven't seen the author's pain or sanity on TV among major pushes for other tag teams that would have been involved. This week, Dana Ryan did a video with Bree talking about how he could have beat Mike Jackson in an octagon that he had a chance from WWE. Figures he could get Jackson down on the mat and that's how he'd end up winning. This got a response from Jackson with a challenge, and Brian responding on Twitter with a, the words interesting and a think emoji. Apparently, Dana Bryan has still not officially re-signed with the WWE, and his contract ends this summer. He enjoys trolling the internet with speculation of what else he could do or wants to do away from a WWE ring if the time was right. 
let's hope that he does sign and stays with WWE. If not, maybe his last feud will be against The Miz and we get the payoff from the Talking Smack segment at SummerSlam. Either way, whether Daniel's still with us in WWE or he takes his act on the road and goes to the independent circuit, we'll still be entertained now that he's been cleared to wrestle. And one quick final uh, news from WWE. This morning they announced that they are going to Australia in October for a super showdown featuring Triple H versus Undertaker one last time. And now it's time for the predictions. Tonight, NXT TakeOver happens in Chicago with the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong defending their tag team titles against only Larkin and Danny Burch. find it interesting that Adam Cole is not defending his newly won North America Championship in this event, which makes it possible that he could be the uh, cause for the ending of the match, allowing the Undisputed Era to retain the tag team titles. Aleister Black will defend the NXT Championship against Lars Sullivan. While Lars has been climbing the ladder and getting better with every outing, I don't think he can stand up to the experience of Aleister Black, and Black will retain the NXT Championship. Shayna Baszler will defend her women's title against Nikki Cross. For weeks now, Shayna Baszler has been playing the bully in the Queen of Spades, taking out various women in the division, until Nikki Cross decided to step up. I don't know if Nikki has gotten enough momentum to be able to overcome the bully tactics of Shayna Baszler. In this case, I see Baszler retaining the women's title. In what could be a show-stealer of the night, Ricochet takes on Velveteen Dream. Both these men have had quite the rivalry since Ricochet appeared in NXT. If you caught the video of him jumping over the top rope and flipping, landing on his feet, much like Spider-Man, after Dream said that he could do anything Ricochet could do better, this should be an amazing match with charisma and style. I see this feud continuing after NXT TakeOver, so it would only be right for Velveteen Dream, who's had a lot of losses lately, actually get a win. Ricochet could bounce back from a upset loss, even if it was from underhanded tactics. And what could be the final battle? In a Chicago street fight, Tommaso Ciampa and Gianni Gargano will face each other. This is the same building where Ciampa turned on Gargano almost a year ago, and they've been feuding ever since, once Ciampa got back from his injury. I see this being the end of the feud. Now it depends on whether they goes out clean, or if there's some underhanded tactics and some interference. One theory is that Candice LeRae might even turn on her husband. I don't know if they'll go that far yet. I've speculated that and wondered if that's a possibility for a while, but there's also some missing people on this show, and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like an EC3 were to step out and help 
which would set up EC3 and Johnny Gargano against each other for future NXT events. All that happens tonight on the WWE Network, starting, I believe, at 7.30 with the pre-show and 8 o'clock for the main show. I'm proud to say that WWE will be making history in Australia, presenting Super Showdown on Saturday, October the 6th, the first ever live WWE broadcast from Melbourne at the iconic Melbourne Cricket Ground. Super Showdown will feature John Cena, Ronda Rousey, and practically every superstar from Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live, along with some of the greatest legends in sports entertainment, including Shawn Michaels, Big Show, and Kurt Angle. By the way, The Undertaker and Triple H will compete against each other for the very last time, ending an iconic era in WWE. Promoter Paul Daney and I invite the entire WWE Universe in Australia and around the world to witness the biggest WWE live event in Australian history, WWE Super Showdown, live from the MCG in Melbourne on Saturday, October the 6th. And now it's time for the predictions. Tonight, NXT TakeOver happens in Chicago, with the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong defending their tag team titles against only Larkin and Danny Burch. find it interesting that Adam Cole is not defending his newly won North America Championship in this event, which makes it possible that he could be the... Uh, cause for the ending of the match, allowing the Undisputed Era to retain the tag team titles. Aleister Black will defend the NXT Championship against Lars Sullivan. While Lars has been climbing the ladder and getting better with every outing, I don't think he can stand up to the experience of Aleister Black, and Black will retain the NXT Championship. Shayna Baszler will defend her women's title against Nikki Cross. For weeks now, Shayna Baszler has been playing the bully in the Queen of Spades, taking out various women in the division, until Nikki Cross decided to step up. I don't know if Nikki has gotten enough momentum to be able to overcome the bully tactics of Shayna Baszler. In this case, I see Baszler retaining the women's title. In what could be a show-stealer of the night, Ricochet takes on Velveteen Dream. Both these men have had quite the rivalry since Ricochet appeared in NXT. If you caught the video of him jumping over the top rope and flipping, landing on his feet, much like Spider-Man, after Dream said that he could do anything Ricochet could do better, this should be an amazing match with charisma and style. I see this feud continuing after NXT TakeOver, so it would only be right for Velveteen Dream, who's had a lot of losses lately, actually get a win. Ricochet could bounce back from a upset loss, even if it was from underhanded tactics. 
and what could be the final battle in a Chicago street fight, Tommaso Ciampa and Gianni Gargano will face each other. This is the same building where Ciampa turned on Gargano almost a year ago, and they've been feuding ever since, once Ciampa got back from his injury. I see this being the end of the feud. Now it depends on whether they goes out clean, or if there's some underhanded tactics and some interference. One theory is that Candice LeRae might even turn on her husband. I don't know if they'll go that far yet. I've speculated that and wondered if that's a possibility for a while, but there's also some missing people on this show, and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like an EC3 were to step out and help, which would set up EC3 and Johnny Gargano against each other for future NXT events. All that happens tonight on the WWE Network, starting, I believe, at 7.30 with the pre-show and 8 o'clock for the main show. And this Sunday, after a six-week break from pay-per-view and special events on the WWE Network, we are now finally at Money in the Bank. As with now all co-branded shows, they will be four hours with the one-hour preview show. I'm not sure when we're going to actually see Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt defend the Raw Tag Team titles against the B-Team, which has been set for a few weeks now on Raw. But we are going to get the Bludgeon Brothers versus the Good Brothers on the kickoff show for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I still think it's way too early for the Bludgeon Brothers to be losing the tag titles, even though I'd love to see the Good Brothers finally step up and do something, as their time in WWE has not been as great as it had been in New Japan. I'm going with the Bludgeon Brothers to retain. I'd like to see the uh, main card start off with Seth Rollins versus Elias. Seth Rollins is one of the best superstars on the card right now and could really fire up the crowd to start off the event. He's defending the IC title against Elias, but I'm wondering with the upcoming Extreme Rules match uh, pay-per-view coming next month that this might end with... Elias using his guitar and getting disqualified. I see Seth Rollins retaining the title and moving forward. Other matches presented by the Raw brand include Roman Reigns against Jinder Mahal. Hopefully this happens quite early in the evening as the last time Roman Reigns was in the main event, the crowd turned on the event and started leaving early to get home and beat the traffic. One can only hope that Roman goes over and moves forward with another storyline, 
because I think at this point, nobody really cares either way how this match goes with gender under everybody's radar of who cares, and same with Roman Reigns. At this point in his career in WWE, I think fans would, unfortunately, rather see Roman injured and go away or turn heel. I don't see that happening anytime soon, as the WWE still wants to continue pushing him and eventually giving him the Universal Championship. Another match presented by the Raw brand includes Bobby Lashley taking on Sami Zayn. The build-up for this has been utterly ridiculous with the Lashley sisters segment and Sami Zayn. You could tell that he just wanted to get through it. I don't know what anybody's thinking, how this is entertaining or worthwhile for either competitor. Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn are way better than what the build-up to this match has ever been. Possibly the only highlight of this build-up has been the obstacle course last week where we got to see Bobby Lashley destroy the whole uh, course in no time flat and show just how strong and powerful he actually is. Since nobody really cares about this uh, match, I think they need to move on and get away from each other by any means necessary. And to do that, Bobby Lashley needs a clean victory over Sami Zayn and just put this whole thing in the rearview mirror. Also from Raw, the Women's Championship will be defended as Nia Jax faces Ronda Rousey. This match came about at a publicity stunt or meet-and-greet gala that NBC had a few weeks ago. As stated earlier, it's find it interesting the timing of this happening, as Ronda will be joining the UFC Hall of Fame later on this summer. It'll be interesting to see where the placement of this match is in relation to the women's ladder match. I still feel a Raw woman uh, competitor will win that uh, briefcase and then eventually challenge the Raw women's champion, which could be Ronda Rousey after tomorrow night. But knowing the way Vince McMahon has always liked to be in the spotlight in anything beyond his own company in regular media, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow the belt gets put on Ronda Rousey so she shows up at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony with that belt. SmackDown Live presents their side of the card with Daniel Bryan in a rematch versus Big Cass. I'm not overly sure why this is needed since you know Big Cass lost and we don't need the comeback story, but I guess as a spoiled brat type thing, Big Cass couldn't accept the loss and was still then picking on Daniel Bryan and his size for the last few weeks, including some uh, good interview segments, good from for a cast perspective, but doing using the old Gene Orkland type stage, which is definitely unique for a raw broadcast, SmackDown broadcast. 
I can see this leading to a rematch and hopefully the final rubber match between these two at Extreme Rules, where some sort of stipulation will be involved in that. And that would definitely mean that Big Cass has to come out with the victory this Sunday. Carmella will be defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka. Carmella has been boasting about beating Charlotte Flair twice and to retain her WWE Championship. However, only Charlotte Flair has been ready for Asuka as seen at WrestleMania in that shocking loss that she took. Charlotte Flair will continue to be the only one ready for Asuka as Carmella will not beat Asuka by a clean victory. She will either get help from a returning James Ellsworth or actually form a trio with the Iconics who are missing from this card as well. Either way, by some screwy uh, shenanigans, Carmella will keep her WD championship. With Jeff Hardy not on the card defending his U.S. title, that only leaves us with SmackDown's main event of the evening, which will be AJ Styles facing Shinsuke Nakamura yet again, but this time in a last man standing uh, match for the WWE Championship. Everybody had high expectations when this dream match in WWE was to happen at WrestleMania. Unfortunately, since then, it has been anything but a dream between these two. With constant wins involving kicks to the groin, or even double kicks to the groin, resulting in no uh, contests, this hopefully will be the time when both men step up and give us the match that we've been wanting since WrestleMania, and give us that dream match where they kick it into that second gear. While AJ Styles has been a focal point of the SmackDown brand for quite some time, and somewhat the leader of the brand, I think it's time that Shinsuke Nakamura get the all-important victory that has eluded him for a while. He has yet to have anything spectacular since his rise up to WWE on the SmackDown brand. The Sunday could change all that, as I feel he will take the title from AJ, and they will have one final rematch at Extreme Rules next month. It is the game, Triple H. The WWE truly is a global phenomenon. The WWE Universe exists in more than 800 million homes worldwide and speaks over 25 languages. But Australia has been a home away from home for WWE for over 30 years. In 2002, though, we broke ground when I competed in a historic main event against The Rock and Brock Lesnar at the Global Warning pay-per-view. And now, I am truly honored and privileged to be able to announce WWE's long-awaited pay-per-view return to the land down under. WWE Super Showdown will take place in Melbourne, Australia at the iconic Melbourne Cricket Ground on Saturday, October 6th, live on the WWE Network. And we are bringing our biggest 
and best WWE superstars from both Raw and SmackDown Live, including John Cena, Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, Braun Strowman, Charlotte Flair, AJ Styles, The New Day, Daniel Bryan, and the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Not to mention my opponent at WWE Super Showdown, the one and only, the phenom, The Undertaker. It has been six long years since one of the greatest rivalries in WWE history was said to be dead and buried. But legends, legends never die. The Undertaker and I had some unfinished business. At WWE Super Showdown, The Undertaker will once again know why I am the cerebral assassin. But Undertaker, I promise you, this is no game. So Melbourne, Australia, there's just one thing left to ask. Are you ready? And finally, the reason why we're even tuning in this Sunday on the WWE Network is for the Money in the Bank matches themselves. First off, the Women's Money in the Bank. Amber Moon, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Lana, Naomi, and Sasha Banks all will be competing for the coveted briefcase. It'll be interesting to see how newcomers like Amber Moon do in their first ladder match, plus the inexperience of Lana, how she encounters the ladder and deals with it. I personally feel that Charlotte and Alexa have surpassed the need to even have a briefcase, and even to a certain extent, so has Sasha Banks. Naomi, she's already gotten her uh, SmackDown title before, and seems to be a bit player at the moment on SmackDown. I would love to see Becky Lynch win the briefcase and have something meaningful going on for her in the title picture. However, as stated earlier during the review of the women's title match with Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, I feel that somebody from Raw is going to end up taking the briefcase and maybe even attempt to cash it in in the same night. With that said, it kind of leaves just one person, Natalia, to take the briefcase. It's been widely publicized and shown on TV that Rhonda and Natalia are great friends and have trained together. And it seems kind of odd that when this shakeup happened, Natalia went from being a heel on SmackDown to being a face on Raw and being attached to Rhonda. We've also seen in recent weeks the supposed knee injuries of Natalia. However, if you look closely, one time she has the bandage on the right leg, and then the next she's on the left leg. Some inconsistencies with which knee is the injured one, which could be a little bit of a red herring to the fact that she's going to maybe sneak up and turn her back on Ronda Rousey one way or another. If she, if she has a briefcase and Ronda wins the title, it's a perfect opportunity to set that in motion. 
And there'll also be the regular men's Money in the Bank ladder match. This year it features Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Rusev, The Miz, Bobby Roode, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and a member of the New Day. I have yet to announce which member it will be, but I'm leaning towards it going to be Big E, as there's been talk that he will be getting a push in the near future. This one's kind of hard to determine who should have it. There's so many scenarios that could play out, whether you have a Braun Strowman win the title, or sorry, win the briefcase, and do a public issuing of what date he's going to cash in and challenge Brock Lesnar for the championship, whether it be at SummerSlam, would be something great. But at the same time, does he really need the briefcase? I think the briefcase would do good for somebody who could take the push and have some character building, such as a Bobby Roode or even a Samoa Joe. Finn Balor could use it, as he's always been trying to get back the Universal title that he had to relinquish after just holding it for one day. Kevin Owens would be a perfect foil to have the smarmy heel that character that he is holding the briefcase and and tease that he's going to cash in every once in a while and then just to chicken out but we've seen that so many times so i don't know if that's what we want either as far as the new day members go a big push for big e would be great because they've always had high hopes for him when he first came in. He was the second NXT champion after Seth Rollins. There's also so many possibilities when it comes to the New Day. Since they never officially announced who's going to be in it, maybe all three attempt to be a part of it as sort of a freebird type rule. And if they win it, whichever member actually does participate, could they attempt a freebird style rule like they did with the tag titles but with the briefcase where any given week one of the three members could attempt to cash in on the a weekend champion i feel bobby rude could definitely use the briefcase and help change his character he's kind of very teased a little bit of the heel turn since right now he's just unfortunately bland he had a great run in NXT as a heel, but as soon as he came up to the main roster, everybody knew his glorious entrance music was going to be cheered for it from the start, so they placed him in a babyface role. He's not the type of guy who should be a babyface, as he excels better as a heel, whether it was in NXT or in uh, TNA. As for Rusev, I have no idea what they're going to do with him. If he had the briefcase, it could propel him somewhere. But at the same time, they seem to be in a battle with the fans of how to properly use him. The fans want to cheer him in English with the Rusev Day angle and like to sing along. But WWE seems to refuse to acknowledge that and allow it to organically happen and still place him in a heel role. Only time will tell, and maybe the briefcase will help him. 
For me, the best solution is to give it to the Miz. He would be a second-time uh, holder of the Money in the Bank briefcase, and with his impending feud coming up with Dan O'Brien, anything is possible. My ideal solution would love to see somehow getting Dan O'Brien in the championship position where the Miz actually helps him win the title, only to attempt to cash in his money in the bank and prove that he is better than Daniel Bryan because he'd be the one who gave Bryan the title only to snatch it back from him. So my pick for tomorrow night, I think in all honesty, the best scenario is the Miz. Braun Strowman is my second choice with the impending cash in as a, I want Brock Lesnar on this date, but the drama could come from the Miz. So my pick for tomorrow is The Miz. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to download this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. This was my solo effort. Well, we sure will be back with another co-host and hopefully a roundtable in the near future when schedules permit. I hope you enjoyed the episode and look forward to seeing you at Dresden in just a few hours. We'll be back also this weekend with the results from Dresden, along with an interview from Smash Wrestling producer Alan Taylor. Until next time, thanks for being here.